Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am so excited to be on with you today, excited about another opportunity to share with you some ideas and strategies, some tips, as I like to say, techniques, ideas, principles, and strategies for your success, your health, wealth, and wisdom. I am ready if you're ready to grow and go to the next level. You have only just a minute. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon us. We can't refuse it. We didn't seek it. We didn't choose it, but it's up to us to use it. We must suffer if we lose it. Give account if we abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but an eternity is in it. I hope you're ready for a great day because the day is going to be a bond burner. Uh, a one of, those, one of those interviews that will change your life because it's changed mine and I'm excited. Now, for those who don't know about that minute, that's called God's Minute. It was created by Dr. Benjamin Mays who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor and I start all my speeches, interviews, as well as his radio show with that minute because we really do only have 
have a minute to do something magnificent. Every minute can thought to have a great five minutes and then a great hour, then a great day, but it always starts with that minute. So make the most of each minute. And I've tried to do that. And my whole radio career started with one minute motivational messages on a little AM station that led to the FM station that led to the big FM station that led to Sirius XM. And now I'm grateful to have the number one radio show in America and what I've recently found out in the, around the globe because many people around the globe listen to this show. I've been in uh, Dubai and uh, Barbados and people say, we listen. So I'm very grateful. Anyway, you know, I start my show with that minute and then start by taking a moment to give God glory, to give him praise, the honor and the, and the, and the, the gratefulness I have for all that God has done. Now, I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe. They don't believe. Some don't believe who might be listening that there is a God. Might, might might have any interest in God. But I take a moment because I am grateful. I know what God has done for me. I know who does the buttering and what side of the bread the butter is on. And who has the butter knife in his hand. And it's the, it's the Lord. So I give him glory and I give him praise. And I'm honored and grateful. Now, I don't just give him great praise for the fact that this show is number one in America and around the globe. I don't just give him praise for the books that are bestseller, for the speaking all over the globe, for the, for the music and the CDs and the stuff on the internet. I don't get, I'm grateful for life and strength and health. And I'm grateful for good friends, good friends like my guest today. Now, before we get to my guest, I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who has responded to my invitation to email me, info at willyjolly.com, for information on how to grow your business. Also, I want to take a moment to continue to encourage everybody to go to my website, wjspeaks.com, wjspeaks.com, hit the all access badge and get some of the free resources, free eBooks, free music, some of the XM interviews that will inspire you. And also, finally, everybody start uh, going to my new podcast, you can get it on iTunes, on Stitcher, Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's get on with my guest. My guest today is a friend, a good friend I've known for about 20 years. This lady is a world changer, a big baller, shot caller, make it happen lady who does incredible things over and over again. Let me tell you who she is. Some of you, if you've uh, been to some of the museums in Washington, you might have seen her because she was recently um, nominated, named a history maker. Of course, she is. She is a history maker for sure, for sure, for sure. Her name is Bonnie St. John. Now, Bonnie is an incredible person because despite having her right leg amputated, at the age of five, Bonnie St. John became the first African-American ever to win medals in Winter Olympic competition, taking home a silver and two bronze medals in the 1984 Winter Paralympics in Innsbruck, Austria. In recognition of this historic achievement, Bonnie was quoted on millions. You've seen her on Starbucks cards. Uh, cups and and all sorts of uh, programs around the country where she was honored for her her accomplishment and her portrait is in the main hall of Trinity College at Oxford where she is a distinguished alumna. 
That means she went to Oxford University, which means she's a Rhodes Scholar. That's, that's right. She skis on one leg and is a Rhodes Scholar. Now, she has achieved the highest level of success in a variety of endeavors throughout her life. In addition to her success as a Paralympic athlete, she is a best-selling author, a highly sought-after keynote speaker, a leadership consultant for a Fortune uh, 100 organizations, a television radio personality, an experienced conference facilitator. She graduated magna cum laude from Harvard University. Magna cum laude. I graduated. Thank you, laude. <laughs> and she won the Rhodes Scholarship. And upon her return to the United States, she was appointed by President Bill Clinton as a director of human capital issues at the White House. I met her, I think, when she was at the White House. And then we became friends over the years. She has gone on to do so many things. She's featured often on the Today Show. You see almost all the time. CNN, uh, CNN CBS uh, Morning News, NBC News, PBS, NPR, New York Times, People, Forbes, Success, Essence, just one after another. Now she's on the Willie Jolly Show. So I'm telling you, I am excited. My dear friend, Bonnie St. John, are you there, my sister? Thank you, Willie. I am excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. You have interviewed so many famous people. Bill Marriott, Colin Powell, uh, Les Brown. But so I got you now. You it's, you done made my day because I got you. You are the bomb diggity here. You the uh, you the bomb dot com. <laughs> well, you know here's here's what I want to say. Now, how does a five year old girl get her leg amputated? And you got to tell what happened. How did that happen? Well, the growth was stunted in my leg. So when I was born, my legs looked normal. But the more I grew, the shorter the one leg was. So I had braces and orthopedic shoes. Finally, when they cut off my leg when I was five, I was like, great, I can now wear normal shoes. You know, with the artificial <laughs> leg. You know, that's what a girl cares about, right? Is right. I can wear colorful shoes. So, uh, no, but it really opened up the opportunity. I can walk better. I can get around much better. So it, it definitely was, it was an improvement. I never really had normal legs. Wow, wow. Isn't that something? So five years old, they made the decision to amputate the leg. And then how does a one-legged black girl from San Diego become a skier. <laughs> I know. That's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. Uh, you know, no one's out recruiting for skiers in San Diego among one-legged black girls. <laughs> so it's not, not a thing. Uh, I had to have a lot of initiative. I'll tell you what, though, is, is a friend of mine in high school, Barbara Warmath, invited me to go skiing over Christmas vacation with her family. She actually made a certificate out of notebook paper and, and cut it out and, and gave it to me. But isn't that amazing? You know, she's white, I'm black. She's from La Jolla, the rich side of San Diego. I'm from National City where the, the Navy bases and the gangs, you know, there's no beach in National City. It's not, it's not a thing. And uh, she was on the tennis team. I was exempt from PE because I'd had another surgery on my leg. But none of that bothered her. She turned to her one-legged black friend from the wrong side of the track and said, let's go skiing. Wow. And, you know, it's like she called it into being. She said, I see this in you. And that's, that's why it's so important for us to connect across our differences. Wow. And you, wow. In one another. You know, that reminds me of something that I've been sharing with audiences. Sometimes you got to go on the belief of somebody else until yours kicks in. And that's what you would. She believed in you before you even knew there was a, such a thing as a, a possibility of, for you to ski. Now, now, your mama played a part in it as well, didn't she? Yeah, so she 
she had given me a brochure when I was 10 years old with a picture of an amputee ski run, a silhouette of an amputee, and it said, if I can do this, I can do anything. But she came home from work, you know, and my mom was a single mom with three kids. My father had left before I was born, and she was struggling to make ends meet. <clears throat> you know, we didn't have... Month, we didn't have money left at the end of the month. We had months left at the end of the month. Yes. And, and it was always a struggle. And so when I look back and I think about, I don't know where she picked up that brochure, you know, but she came home and she's fussing and, and cooking dinner and she uh, this brochure falls out of her purse. She's, oh, I got this for you. And, and, you know, what do you think? When she picked up that brochure, why didn't she throw it away? Why didn't she think, you know, we don't have money for lift tickets and skis and you know, we live in San Diego. There's not even any snow here. We're black. We don't even like cold weather. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> no snow, black, and one leg. This is like impossible. But she didn't think that way. She didn't think about all the limitations and all the obstacles. She planted the seed. And, and she didn't say, here's the brochure. I'm going to take you skiing. We're going to. She, she just gave it to me, not knowing how I would ever go skiing or if I would ever go skiing or how it would happen. But, but isn't that like, we need more of that in this world. Like Absolutely. People, Absolutely. People seed into you, pour into you. Look, the Bible says that some plant, some water and some reap of the benefits or, 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 or harvest. And you were the one who harvest, but you had to do the work. Your mama planted the, the young lady, she watered it, and then you were willing to do the work and you brought the harvest to reality. And so we're going to talk about how one can change their life, do the impossible over and over, how somebody can change their thinking, change their future, change their finances, how they can look at very challenging obstacles, look it right in the eye and go on anyway. And my guest is going to tell you how she did it how she changed her life and gone on to become a massively successful entrepreneur and how you can take whatever your challenge is and do the impossible. You got to believe in the impossible and then do it. Sometimes it just takes a little longer. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Show. And for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Jolly and my special guest, Bonnie St. John. Now, for those who don't know Bonnie St. John, if you're just joining us, she is a world-class Olympic athlete, won uh, medal, silver, and two bronze medals in the 1984 Winter Paralympics in Innsbruck, Austria. She skis with one ski, because she has one leg, and yet she wins Medals, but that check didn't stop. She's also a Harvard graduate, a Rhodes Scholar, and now is a leadership consultant, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and TV and radio personality. I mean, you see her on Hoda and Kathleen Lee like like weekly. I mean, it's every time I turn around. I'm <laughs> And so I'm so excited about what you have been doing, and now you have uh, added a new. Status to your uh, accomplishments. You've written a book with your husband. Now, you wrote one a couple years ago with your daughter. And then before that, you wrote one on on why women pray. Tell us about the different books you've written. So, yeah, I've written seven books now. So, you hopefully, I'm getting good at it. (laughs) Amen. uh, And, uh, yeah, so I wrote How Strong Women Pray, which I was excited about because I praying is so important to me, and I get so much strength from it, yet I do a lot of corporate speaking where we don't talk about religion and faith, and that's, that's fine. But what I realized is I go out every day and inspire people without telling them one of the most powerful things that inspire, inspires me. And so I got uh, the inspiration to write the book because I was thinking about other women who do the same thing, that are in the public eye, and they're powered by prayer, but you don't really know it. Mm. And so I interviewed I interviewed 50 women. We actually put 27 of the interviews in the book, and it's people uh, like Barbara Bush and Nadia Comaneci and uh, Maya Angelou and uh, Christine Todd Whitman, the governor of New Jersey, just all kinds of different women. Some you never heard of. There was a hospice doctor who has an amazing story. There was a woman who saved... Uh, 200 people from Hurricane Katrina, and just just amazing stories. So I was so excited to be writing this book about prayer and about a lot of people that you just don't know about their prayer lives. And then my editor said, Bonnie, you have to write more about your life. 
And mm. I thought, I don't want to do that. You know, as I've already written about my life. I'm sick of writing about my life. But, but in that book, we really wrote about my faith journey. And, and it was actually really tough because we wrote about the sexual abuse in my childhood wow. and overcoming that. And so it alternates. Every other chapter is about one of these amazing women, and then it alternates to, to my story, too. My, and it's, and I say in that book, it's everything that you would never talk about in a corporate speech. Got it, got it. <laughs> now, what about the one with your daughter? So, uh, well, after that was Live Your Joy, which is a okay. much more easy-to-read book and much more fun about what I've learned about joy and the power of joy. And it, it's just a fun book to read. Then I wrote um, How Great Women Lead with my teenage daughter, who was, teenage, who was a teenager when we wrote it. And we went on a journey to meet women leaders. So um, Condoleezza Rice, Hillary Clinton, the chairman of Deloitte, but also an orchestra conductor, a fighter pilot, the president of Liberia, amazing women. And it's that across the generations dialogue about what's the future of leadership for women. And it's just, it's an amazing book. So that was, that was a great project. And actually my husband helped us with that project too. He was the ghostwriter on that book. Um, and so he did it. So that was a family project. And then the current book now, Micro Resilience, I wrote with my husband. So we, we like to work together as a family. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, you've written this book, which is awesome, because you understand about resilience. And people who know, know me know I talk about a setback as a setup for a comeback, and that it starts with a mindset and how you come back. Some people look at the mountain and give up before they even attempt to try to climb it, while others are willing to try and keep going and keep fighting, and they're resilient in spite of the hurricanes and the thunderstorms and the avalanches and the, and the blizzards, they keep going. And you've done that over and over again and been able to succeed. And that's why you inspire so many people around the globe with your books and your messages uh, and all your information as well as inspiration. So let's talk about what, what you learned and how you became focused on writing this book. And micro-resilience, so resilience is, you, you, this show is about wealthy ways, is how can you be successful, how can you elevate what you're doing in your life, and resilience is so critical, right, because nothing ever goes exactly the way you want it, so you've got to be able to bounce back from whatever happens, and I, the, the way, I'll tell you, the, the thing that turned me in the direction that we went for this book, the reason why we're doing micro-resilience, tiny resilience, uh, there was a researcher looking at why certain tennis players win more consistently than anyone else. You know, it's like you're looking at the Australian Open, for example, and there's so many tennis players. They're all world class. They're really great. But there's only a handful of names that you're really focused on because you know one of them is going to win. They always win. Right. They win consistently. And he was looking at why is that? Is it, you know, it's one might run faster or serve harder. You know, they have different skills, but what's the consistent factor? So he was videoing all of them, and he couldn't find anything the same. And then he started looking at what they did between the points. Mm. And he said, he said, everybody thought I was crazy because I'm looking at what the tennis players are doing when they're not playing tennis to try to figure out how they win. He's like, people are like, that's crazy. But he immediately saw a pattern and that there were certain things they did to recover their energy, their focus, their positivity to go back into the next point. No matter what happened in the last point, you have to go into the next point strong. And... If you think about that, if you and I are playing tennis and your 
recovering your energy in between every single point, and I'm not, by the end of a match, you're going to be walking all over me. You are going to be running faster and hitting hard and playing better because you didn't wait till the end. And so that insight, well, first of all, that insight is is commonplace in sport now. They they teach it. They teach the 16 second cure in tennis camps, and they've taken it into golf. And so world class athletes know you cannot be consistently the best in the world if you don't recover along the way. And yet in the business world, we think it's it's strong to dry, you know drive yourself until you fall over. Um, see how tough I am. You know I drove myself till I fell over. And so it's. We've taken this insight from world-class sports and said, how can we use that so that we can do better? And I, and I think when you look at the pressure we're under in today's world, the drive until you drop mentality. And I was guilty. You know, I right. did that so much of my life because I was a type A, I'm driven. You know, that drive until you drop mentality, it's not enough anymore. It's not good enough. Mm. We mm. need to do better. We need to be able to deliver more. And so what we did with micro-resilience was scour the literature on positive psychology, neuroscience, physiology, and look for small, proven, research-backed things that can help you do that between the points, you know, so that between the points in your busy day, you can be intentional, effective, and, and, and recover your energy because... Stuff keeps getting thrown at you. The pace of life keeps increasing. And I can't slow it down for you. So we have to speed up recovery in order to get the balance between, you know, play and recovery or deliver, you know, perform and recovery to get that back in balance. We have to speed up recovery. Well, let me, let me make clarity here. Let me make sure I'm clear. You are saying that, uh, like in a tennis match, and I play tennis, um, that is between the the the, the uh, points that you really win the game. Now you gotta you gotta hit well. You gotta have a little top spin. You gotta run for the ball. You gotta catch it. But it's the between the points. So you know what? I, as I sit here and think about it, I've looked at Serena Williams and how she has a conversation with herself when she sits between the games. If she's losing, she she sits there. You can see her having a conversation with herself. And is that what you're talking about, the, the, the fact that you're... It's not just between the games. It's between every point. It's between and every it's, point. It's, it's different in tennis than it is for the rest of us in life. But if you want to be literal because you're a tennis player, it's literally what they saw is that uh, they transfer their racket to their other hand. They, mm. rest, they rest their hand. They don't look at the crowds and get distracted. They look down. They look at their strength. They use positive self-talk to get them into the next point. Right. So it's little things. Really little things that they were doing. And this researcher, Jim Lair, Dr. Jim Lair, said that he saw all of these behaviors like in the top ten. And as you went down lower and lower, you saw less of them. And in the bottom ten players, you saw none of those behaviors. Wow. This is huge, folks, because many of you are busy, 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 busy all day and have not realized that there are some little things you could do that could give you energy to fight the bigger fights, to keep fighting, keep going. But you got, you got to have a way to do that. And that's what I like about what Bonnie and her husband have, uh, have figured out how to do it. And look, her story is an example of this is not somebody who wants to be an achiever or overcomer. This is not somebody who 
thought, read about it in a book or heard about it in a speech and said, I'm going to talk about it. This is a person who did it over and over again, and she's got some principles that work. And this book is talking about these principles and how you refocus and, and reset and reframe and refresh and renew. These are some things that will change your future, change your finances, and change your, your family. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Now, before I go too far, uh, and we're getting ready to go into a, a station identification, but uh, I want to always make sure people know where they can reach you because somebody might have to jump off. They're sitting there on the edge of the seat, but they're waiting to get in the office and they, they're sitting in, in the car saying, I got to hear one more minute. Where do they know to reach you to get the book? Uh, you can get it on, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold, but you can also go to microresilience.com for more information or bonniestjohn.com, uh, but microresilience.com is, is where the book information is. Folks, I would encourage you, and particularly those who have corporate events and want somebody to inspire their team. Uh, I know she spoke at my son's school, uh, Landon School, when my son was in high school, and he came home and said, hey, Dad, this was this lady there, one leg skier. I said, oh, Bonnie St. John. He said, you know her. I said, that's my friend. I know exactly who you're talking about. Anyway, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break for station identification. Stay tuned because we got more with Bonnie St. John, the world changer, Bonnie St. John. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for years, I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest, Bonnie St. John. For those who might just be joining us, she had her right leg amputated at the age of five, but she came, She went on to become the first African-American ever to win medals in a Winter Olympic competition, taking home a silver and two bronze at the 1984 Winter Paralympics in Innsbruck, Austria. She's been uh, on all the television shows. You were telling the story offline about uh, Montel Williams and how when you were on his show, the young lady, they used that young lady as a, as a special surprise who took you skiing. Uh, invited me to go skiing when I was 15 years old, and she's white, I'm black, she had two legs, was on the tennis team, I was exempt from PE, kept having surgeries on my leg, and she looked at me and said, you can ski. And so uh, when, she, when we were on the TV show, Montel Williams asked her, didn't you think it might ruin your Christmas vacation to take your one-legged friend along? And she said, oh no, I knew she could do it. Wow. I mean, friends like that are gold, right? Absolutely. Just, and, and that is the important thing. I know you give so many positive messages on that show is I say you need to tune into the radio station I can, you know, I-C-A-N. Yep. 
tune into the people who tell you you can, because I could have listened to a lot of other people who said I couldn't, but I was listening to Barbara Warmath, who had a vision that I could be a skier. Wow. And that's what you got to do. That's a big point, folks. You really do have to hang around people who are encouraging and inspiring you. If people are discouraging you and and talking you out of your dreams and telling you it's not possible, you need to get some new friends or at least some new (laughs) people you hang out with because they, that's what encourages you to keep trying to keep going, to keep giving it a shot. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said something. He said that over 90% of the, the, things you attempt, you will achieve over 90%. But the problem is most people won't attempt. They won't try or they won't give a a full-hearted attempt. They will do a half-hearted attempt and then they wonder why it won't work. But Bonnie St. John has proven that it's possible to do the impossible, including create wealth in your life and, and, and relationships. So you, you, are, you have been able to do that. You've written this book with your husband and how long y'all been married, by the way? We've only been married about four years, but we've known each other for 10. We've okay. been working, working together for 10 years. All right, great, 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 great. He's, from what I have heard, he's a great guy, so you did good. So that's exciting. Now, no, here's no, what I... together in D.C., William. You can meet him. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Now, what do you think was the greatest challenge along the way? How did you access the internal motivation resilience to overcome the... Skiing issue, the uh, uh, the not having money. Your mama was a single parent, and yet you went to Harvard. You went, you got a Rhodes car. How did you overcome all of these things that took money when you didn't have no money? Well, this is why I got so excited about writing a book on resilience. Is I really wanted to give other people the same tools that I used as well to to do this. And so, it's in the book we divide it up into five different areas. There's uh, refocus your brain. And that's so important. You have to have focus. If you're split and you're, you know, doing a hundred different things and you're, you're not uh, able to think clearly, it's hard to, to really get ahead. So we give you some tips, and they're all research-based tips on how to keep your brain more focused. And use, you want to use your brain for its best and highest uses. So, and then um, the second one is reset your primitive alarms, which is we are programmed, our, 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 pro, our wiring, our physiological wiring is to react to threats and stresses and we get, we have a really strong reaction to the negative. And we had to do that when we were primitive people because we had to survive. But now we have that same hormonal uh, cortisol reaction to all kinds of things that exhaust us. So we teach you how to notice when you're doing it, notice what triggers it, and there's special techniques that you can use to dial it back. And you save so much energy during the day, it'll actually, that will make you smarter too, because part of what happens when we get that threat response is we shut down our, our higher order thinking. So, so those two things are great. Hey, before for you go to that, give me one of the things you can do, just one of the things to reset your primitive alarm. That's intriguing to me. I heard about a book today called um, Ancient Brain in a Modern World, you know, and that's the problem is that we, we have this ancient lizard brain and we as human beings have the capacity to choose whether we live out of our lizard brain or out of our higher order thinking. And so this, these kinds of things help you do that. So an example, a simple example, our smells is mint and vanilla and uh, nutmeg and cinnamon those smells cut through an amygdala hijack, which is what they call it, is you're getting hijacked. Um, 
Another simple thing, this comes out of research from UCLA with Matt Lieberman, is called labeling. And so when you put words, when you're getting your emotions are hijacking you in a situation, if you put words on those things, you don't even have to do it out loud. You can just do it silently in your head. It, it lowers your limbic system re- response. So if you're uh, – think about a situation where you might be getting hijacked, Willie. Well, I mean, traffic, I would think. Yeah, oh, that's a perfect one. So you're in traffic, stuff is happening. Putting a label on what you're thinking. Are you frustrated? Are you offended? Are you angry? Are you uh, worried that you might be late? You know, there's all different emotions. So just putting a label on which emotion are you feeling actually helps you slow it down a little. Wow, because you you concentrate on, okay, that's what, oh, okay. Oh, I know what's going on. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It separates you from the feeling. Like you can be, you know, you can be taken over by the feeling, but if you put a name on it, then it's not you. It's over there. Right? Wow. So you, you separate yourself. Okay, so, so refocus your brain, two. reset your primitive alarm. So the third one is reframe your attitude. So one of the fundamental challenges we have as human beings is this thing that I just said is we spiral really quickly to the negative. That's what we're wired to do. So we have to retrain ourselves not to do that. So the third framework is to teach ourselves to spiral to the positive more. We're not trained to do that. You know, so if primitive man saw the, the bushes shaking, you know, he'd be like, they're coming, you know, the tiger's coming, you know, he's all set. But if primitive man saw berries, he doesn't go, berries, I'm going to go get the berry, you know. Documented in research is that we have a slow response to the positive. So we need to train, and this is what you do so well. You recognize this in yourself. You have trained yourself to be stronger in your positivity muscle. That's right. That's and exactly that's right. It doesn't come natural to us as human beings. We have to learn it and train it. So we give you a whole bunch of techniques to help you do that, to train yourself to do one that you would love is the joy kit. And the idea is it's a first aid kit for your attitude. Woo! Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we have a first aid kit in case you get a cut or a bruise or, you know, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you know it could. So the same thing you know you're going to have boo-boos to your attitude. And so you can be prepared with a kit, and it can be a box in a drawer, it can be a bag on your desk, it can be, you can have one at home, one at work, but you put things in it that you know you can look at and it can help turn your attitude around. So it could be a bottle of sand from your last vacation, it could be, you know, when my daughter was 15, it was a picture of her when she was four. Wow. You know wow. what I mean? You know what I mean? If you yep. have you know what I mean? You know, it's like it has to be something that can uh, give you perspective. In my joy kit, I have a note from my mother who passed away 10 years ago, and it says, her note says, cherish yourself. And it's in this, you know, her old-fashioned penmanship. She had such beautiful penmanship. But, you yes, know, yes. Look at and it will just give you perspective. Can it be something you hear as well? Yes, absolutely. It All can right. be your favorite song list. But All you right. know there's some songs you should not listen to. That's right. Some stuff you should not because it will make you sad. Now, yeah. I want to encourage everybody, um, uh, if you go to my website, uh, willyjolly.com, go to the all-access page. On that all-access page, because she just brought something, a, a, a light went off in my head. Uh, on that all-access page is a, called, a song called You Gotta Keep Kicking. It's, frank, it's taken from my Motivation and Music CD, uh, and it is a song that lifts my spirit. Every time I listen to it, I listen, I listen to it literally every day, every day. We should all have Willie Jolly in our joy kit. Absolutely. Have some. So I love that. Reframe and, 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 and reframe your attitude and teach yourself 
to think the positive rather than the negative. Go, go, rather than going to the negative. And I mean, people, that's a great tool because some people uh, will do that. And I always tell people, Bonnie, that if you fill yourself with the pure, the powerful, and the positive, and you make a point to fill it up every day, that you're going to respond differently. If you take a grape and squeeze it, grape juice comes out. If you take an orange and squeeze it, orange juice. If you take a negative person and squeeze them, negative comes out. So that's why you got to fill yourself with the pure, the powerful, the positive. So when life squeezes you, when something happens, when you get the boo-boo, you, refi- you respond. You have the juice. You Ooh, have the juice. This is you good stuff. But, but what you heard, too, I think this is important, is no blame. Is that part of our uh, initial wiring for survival in our lizard brain is to be more negative and to be fearful. Yes. And yet in the Bible it says, fear not, fear not. And what you see in our book is there's a lot of good science. It's like science can tell you now why the being fearful shuts down your brain. You don't think as well. You make more mistakes when you are fearful. So everything, you know, that science can document now and explain to you why this is so important, it was written in the Bible a long time ago, right? <laughs> fear not. And uh, we give you the science so that you can understand when and how to use these tools. But it goes back to the same principles is fear not. Fear not. We were not. So part of our human design is that we have these fear hormones and the fight and flight, but we are also designed to rise above it. And we can, we can choose to rise above it. Absolutely. Okay. So the next one after you reframe your attitude is refresh your body and we don't get into teaching you nutrition and all these kinds of things. They, we, we talk about micro-resilience versus macro-resilience. So mm-hmm. here's a really good example with drinking water. Everybody says drink, you know, six, seven glasses of water a day. And, you know, probably a lot of you are good at that. But I would wager that when you're under pressure, you have a deadline, you have something important to do or a crisis, the water goes out the window, right? Right, right. And that's when you need it most. So micro-resilience is looking at, how can I be more resilient this hour? How can I keep my A game? You know, how can I uh, refresh myself between the points when I'm under pressure? And so that's when it's most important to drink water. Your brain is actually a higher percentage of water than the rest of your body. So you might, your brain, you know when your brain's feeling buzzy and you're like, oh, but the ideas aren't quite coming. Often your brain is dehydrated before you even feel thirsty. That's right. Wow. Use drink water when you have a test. Drink water when you have a big presentation. You know, drink water when you're under the gun. Not just as a general habit, but use it tactically to boost your performance. So that's that's again. So when we talk about refresh your body, it's tips like that about how do you micromanage your metabolism so that you're playing your A game all day. Wow! Wow, folks. I'm telling you, you got to get this book. You got to go get one for, in fact, you need to get a couple of them. You need to get one for yourself and some of your, your team, some people in your family and your cousins who are always bugging you, driving you crazy. You need to get this micro resilience because it talks about how do you win with the little things? How do you come back consistently over and over again? Because life is a, a, a challenge and it does have those moments. We're going to take a quick break. We got one more segment where we're going to talk about a few more of the points that will help you to have micro resilience in a changing, challenging world. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, your best is yet to come. Life had enough ups and downs, but Lord. 
Lord, since I met you, since I met you, all that's changed in the blink of an eye. Now all my heart wants to do is fly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. guest Bonnie St. John and for those who might have joined late 
you are being treated with a special treat with this lady. You know, she is dynamite. Just dynamite. She is incredibly uh, just effervescent, uh, positive, wonderful. When you're around her, just a great spirit. You know, she's one of those great spirits Maya Angelou talks about. Uh, despite having her right leg amputated at the age of five, she went on to become a Winter Olympic uh, gold, I mean, a uh, uh, medal winner, a bronze and, and silver medal winner uh, with one ski. Now, I asked one time, I said, how are you with the ski? She said, remember, it's one ski. <laughs> it wasn't two skis, it was one ski. I mean, just in terms of balance, how did you learn to balance? I spent my whole life on one foot. So now I walk around on two feet every day because I have an artificial leg. So I walk around on two feet. So actually it is challenging now when I just go skiing, you know, on, on a given day. I've been walking around on two feet all week, and all of a sudden I'm on one ski. And I'm like, this is hard. Wow. But, uh, you know what? It is, it is practice. I learned how to ski with nothing in my hands, too. So I okay. can ski on one ski with nothing in my hands. And I did that to force myself to learn better balance. Wow. I would assume that you uh, have incredible core power. I mean, just, just incredible core power because it takes that kind of power to, to build your, your core of your body to be able to do that and have that balance. And you've done it. Now let's talk about balance because these, these, these points you had are, are, are really uh, five points. And, and part of that is a, is a balancing act that's just so powerful that that's part of your makeup. You talk about the different points that you have, which are that you must re- Refocus your brain, then reset your primitive alarm, then reframe your attitude, then you must refresh your body, particularly in those high-stress times. And there's another one that gives you real balance. What is that? Renew your spirit is Woo! the last one. Renew Here's your me. spirit. Before, before we get into renew your spirit, because it is one of my favorite pieces of this material, but um, you mentioned balance and yes. the overall piece of this. So micro-resilience is the... the term we coined for all of this, but we curated it into these five areas. We took all the research and put it into these five categories to make it easier for you. But it is, the balance really is important, Willie. You really hit on something there because what you, you could read whole books just about how to use your brain better. You, know? yes. you could read whole books about each of these topics. But what we've done is brought it together for you so that you don't have to read five or six different books. You can do a little bit in each category and you you make a big jump ahead because you're doing it across the board. You're not just doing one thing. You're getting your whole it's like having five engines that are all firing together. And so you're this is what people say who've been through the program is it's not just one thing. It's the combination of all these things that just supercharges you. And they say like it doesn't change me. It makes me more of who I am. So when you get, when you are not exhausted all the time, when you are not being, you know, triggered by your primitive alarms and your brain's working better, your body's more refreshed, people are like, oh my gosh, I can just be the person I want to be. Absolutely. In, in chapter number two, you have a little quote uh, from Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You, you make that choice, right? Yes, you make the choice to live from your higher capacities as a human being and not your lizard brain. When we're, it's exhausting to be our lizard brain, and we don't like who we are. You know, you say things, you regret, and you, you know, so this helps you to stay 
the best person you can be. So, so let's talk about the fifth framework, yes. the renew your spirit. Renew your spirit. So this is really about purpose, and we know how powerful purpose can be. When you are living in your values and you have a meaningful life, obstacles seem smaller. You know, it's like being in love. The world just, you know, you don't mind. You're going to keep going. And so how do you tap into that kind of strength? And what we find, we actually, we did this program with a 1,000 nurses from Kaiser Permanente last year. And you look at nurses and you think, wow, they have purpose. You know, somebody who's in accounting thinks, you know, I wish I had as much purpose as a nurse. But nurses still get burnt out. They, in fact, get burnt out a lot. Right. And so you look at how do you take your sense of purpose and harness it so that you have more energy at 3 o'clock. You know, we, people, do, people do work on purpose and help you identify your purpose, but I have not heard anyone else talking about how do you take your purpose and harness it for 3 o'clock, right? Mm. Wow. How do you harness your purpose for when it gets tough? Tapping hour by hour during your day, tapping into the power of purpose is what micro-resilience is. So what we found, though, so we took a lot of, we've, we've been doing this work since 2011, and we've taken corporations through it. We took, a, in, to prepare for the book, we took 30 individuals through the program and followed them for three months. And what we found when we did that was that for purpose, we needed to, um, we couldn't go straight to how do you tap your purpose for three o'clock. We had to do the upfront work to help people clarify their sense of purpose. Most people are not really clear on their purpose. They might have a vague idea or they might have no idea. And so we help them look at their values and their goals and what is meaningful for them in life, get that a little clearer, and then we can help you tap into it and say, now that's like a fuel tank. You can go to the gas station three times a day and get fuel from that once you're clearer about it. Wow. 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 So, you, you, you know, this is this show is a show that is focused on helping people to create wealth and entrepreneurs are, are great listeners in this show. And we've got a lot of people from around the globe who, who are entrepreneurs. Tell us how this really fits, because it really does fit into the framework of entrepreneurism. And what are some of the main Absolutely. takeaways? Yeah, all of this, all of this micro resilience definitely is the best thing in the world for entrepreneurs, because and I, I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. We are always pushing ourselves. We have to be flexible and adaptable when the economy changes and serving clients and inventing new things. And we're always pushing ourselves to the limit. And micro-resilience, all of the tools in micro-resilience give you that extra edge. Like we talked about at the beginning with the tennis players, it gives you that extra edge to be world-class, to be the best among world-class. Mm. So with, particularly with Renew Your Spirit, Again, entrepreneurs, we need that momentum. We need that perseverance. We need to have that fire in the belly. And so, you know, often you have a great idea, you have something you want to do, but how do you maintain it? How do you tap into that fuel tank? And so once, so if you get the book, you can go through and you can do the macro resilience exercises, clarify more of your purpose, values, and meaning and what that is and how that relates to what you're doing in your job and then you find ways to hook it into your day. You need to have hooks in your day. Here's a great example. There was a woman who worked for the Gates Foundation. Again, great purpose. They have billions of dollars. They're trying to solve all the world's problems. You think, you know, they're always motivated. Right. But they right. get bogged down in red tape, in egos. You know, they've got to try to get different countries to cooperate, to solve world health problems. You know, it can get really messy. So Sylvia Matthews Burwell, who's a friend of mine, 
what she did was she put a picture in the conference room of a 10-year-old girl from Africa, and she told everybody, she's the boss. So when they'd be sitting and having a discussion, you know, are we going to solve 20% of the problem for 80% of the people or 80% of the problem for 20% of the people, she would say, what would the boss think? Mm. You know, it's like, if you had to explain this to a 10-year-old girl in Africa, would you be embarrassed? You know, cause, cause, and it just brings you back to your sense of purpose. So that's a good example of what we call a touchstone. Wow. And, and you can have it, that was a team-based touchstone, but you can also have it as an individual. Uh, one woman I know created a motto for herself, and that's another tip that we give, is to take all this and boil it down to a phrase that helps you remember your purpose. And then she made a, uh, a physical representation of it. She took a magnifying glass, and her motto was, identify the good and magnify it. Mm. And she, she pasted that saying to the magnifying glass, and put it on her desk. She took a picture of it and made it her screensaver, too. So she has that in front of her. And the stories, you can read these in the book, too, the stories of how that changed her approach to various situations. She'd be in a hard situation. She would look at that, and it would change her approach to the situation. I love how you, by the way, put in the book the stories that illustrate the points, one after another. They're just great stories, one after another. Real people who went through the program, we were astounded. When we, like I said, we've been doing this work since 2011 with teams and big companies. But when we were doing the book and we put individuals through the program and followed them, we saw the dramatic results they had for their personal life in addition to their work. So their work would get better. One woman, she was a jet setter. She was flying all around. She started dating again. She hadn't dated in four years. Wow. Wow. Is you have better energy at work, but you have better energy for yourself and your family, too. Wow. Well, where can they get this book? Where can they get in touch with you? It's microresilience.com. So the, the term that we coined the term microresilience, small steps in resilience that are powerful, powerful steps. So go to microresilience.com. And where can they reach the one and only Bonnie St. John? Well, you can go to my website, which is bonniestjohn.com, but you can get there for microresilience too. So, All right, because people want to bring you in to speak for them and get some of your. Are you got a blog or anything like that, or a newsletter or anything that they can sign up to? I blog on Huffington Post, and uh, you know, right now on Facebook, we're really doing a lot in terms of giving people tips on microresilience. If you want to attend uh, an event, if you want to hear what I'm doing, you can see the events listing on Facebook. Uh, so there are a lot of good things in LinkedIn and Twitter I do as well. Uh, that's, that's right now one of the focuses that we're doing to really give tips and value to people. You're awesome. You know you're awesome. You're just awesome, and I love you. Thank you so much, Willie, and I enjoy We are doing a lot of speaking. If you Actually, if you want to look at the corporate programs, you can go to microresilienceprogram.com also and see what we deliver for corporations. Fantastic. Folks, I told you this was going to be a great one, and the great ones always go quickly. So I want to thank Bonnie St. John. I want to thank all of you, and I want you to remember that your best truly is yet to come. Stay tuned for next week. We've got another show coming your way, and stay in touch with me. Email me, info at willyjolly.com. Go to willyjolly.com. Hit the all-access badge so you can get some free resources. And finally, go to my faith site, site. JollyGoodNews.org. Jolly, J-O-L-L-E-Y, GoodNews.org. Remember, your best is yet to come. I love you and nothing you can do about it. Have a great day, a great week on purpose. God bless you. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't get you fair? Do you see so 
can do Well, just look in any mirror and you'll see This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.